Basketball fans, welcome back to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to talk, what else? The playoffs. Semifinals kicked in. We have Boston losing to the Bucks game one at home in a defensive struggle, especially for the Celtics. The Warriors snuck one out in Memphis without their best defender in the second half. Um, so that's, that's got us kind of suck for Memphis just mentally, but we know they're tough, tough mentally. I can, uh, I can vouch for it being a Minnesota fan because, you know, Timberwolves after all, nowhere near what Golden State is obviously, but, uh, they did win game one. So we'll see. Um, and also tonight in what, like almost an hour, a little over an hour, Philadelphia in Miami, which obviously on paper, I was really excited about that just playing out. I thought it was going to be a fun series to watch. Um, Who knows? You never know. Maybe in game one, uh, the 76ers can just do hit a bunch of shots or whatever. Uh, They just spread the ball so much without Embiid that they catch Miami slipping. I don't know, but the Embiid thing is really, you know, a bummer. And then Dallas Phoenix, um, it's, you know, it's great that Luca was able to come back and show that he's healthy uh, down the stretch of that series. So that's major. We don't need, like, an Embiid out. Um, and we'll see where Booker exactly is. The game he came back didn't play all that great. But to be fair, he had missed a couple of games. Excuse me, a couple of games. And sometimes that first game, you know, that you come back to can be a little rusty. So hopefully that hamstring, you know, hamstring doesn't uh, doesn't get worse or something like that because we need everyone, as far as the big names, healthy. You know, the the last what three out of four years, uh, the big name marred by injury stuff has taken their toll. So it'd be nice if we could have you know a healthy as many healthy stars as possible. So we're gonna start. With yesterday, talk about those two games and break down the series, preview and predict it, and then we'll talk about the games going on tonight, kicking off here. Kind of random. We were just talking, Marshall and I, off air, and it's really weird that they don't have a playoff game on Thursday. You know, I randomly have that night off, and I'm like, huh, okay, well, I'll just do something else there. That's fine. But it's just kind of weird that they didn't break that up and just have a Thursday in there. Thursday's a good night for TV ratings-wise, too, comparatively. So it is what it is, though. Um, But if this is your first time listening to the NBA Playoff Banter Podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope-a-dope radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope-a-dope, though, and download the show there or listen to the browser. You can find this here. NBA show under the Rope-A-Dope Radio banner on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Spricker, Stitcher, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcast. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network. Um, one more thing. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99 a month. It's the best of live TV and on demand. Uh, no annual contracts, no hidden fees. If you upgraded the choice or ultimate package, that gives you three free months of HBO Max. And HBO Max is pretty damn good, by the way. Um, plus, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the additional fees. If you go to the Premier Package, that'll give you HBO Max and Showtime all 
included. Okay. Uh, one more thing. Direct TV stream. I just had to say it twice. All right. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-host, Marshall, and see how he's doing on this uh, mid-spring day. How's it going, man? I know you're excited about your trip to Vegas coming up, man. We were just talking about it. Uh, Vegas, I will be 48 hours from now. I'll be driving to the airport. So when, whenever Vegas is on tap, um, life is really, really good. And I hope that I make some wise predictions Well, down in Vegas. I might have to give you a couple phone calls, and ho- hopefully I make some good calls. And uh, Vegas treats me well. But even if you miss a bet, you're still in Vegas, and I'm not working. and down there with my best friend for uh, four full um, my, so my best friend, he, 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 he hit like a huge masters golf bet with like a work pool. And so he, he's, he's, uh, dropping the dime on this one and doing a favor. We're staying at the Aria. Okay. Nice. I mean, this, this, yeah, this is a little bougie. I'm, I, I call myself a blue collar guy, but I, I can't, I can't say I'm too blue collar staying at the Aria. So I'm Hey, we've had very, plenty of great times at Aria, man. I'm very grateful for that location. Now, with that being said, for those of you who've ever been to Vegas. Especially on a Canelo fight weekend when, you know, stuff's a little bit more expensive, too. Yeah. But with with, now, I might spend a little more time in the hotel because it's all right. But as you know, Chris, in Vegas, your hotel room time spent there besides sleeping is maybe 4% of your trip. You might get, like, a nap in, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I mean. You need shower, to wake up, shower, sleep, shower, and get the fuck out. And yeah, so I, I it'll be cool to say, "Oh, I'm Santa Aria." <laughs> right. A little credibility there, but besides that, whether it's Aria, and it's a good place in the strip too. You're kind of in the, you know. Oh, yes, it is. You a, go both ways. Yeah, awesome. great location because you got Bellagio and Caesars there, and right across from you're playing Hollywood. Yeah, it's a beautiful setup. So I'm I'm very thankful, and got Kentucky Derby this weekend too. So. Uh, and NHL playoffs, and like you said, the Canelo fight, and there's a good UFC fight card Saturday. I, Monday, I should have a couple of stories. I'll, I'll put it that way. There should be That's a couple of Vegas stories too? to share. That UFC card? Oh, um, I'm not a uh, – That's kind of surprising, but maybe I don't not. know. I just know there's a good UFC card this weekend. I'm not sure about oh, its exact sure. location. So, yeah. Um, man, it, it, I'm looking forward to a, a fun weekend. Um. And yeah, we should be having a oh the the UFC card is in Phoenix. It's in it's in Phoenix this weekend. So yeah, but I I heard it's supposed to be pretty good. So I'm I'm feeling good about that. Um, I was very uh, anxious and happy <laughs> to to pull off a win we had yesterday because man for the the Warriors game, uh, that one was tight, Chris. That was a game where it it kind of it kind of had the Minnesota. Uh, Memphis flavor to it of throughout the game you had highs lows some crazy officiating and moments where both teams thought they were going to win and Golden State um, was able to hold on with some in my opinion um, some very questionable clock management decisions by the Grizzlies I think that turned out to be in the favor of um, Golden State which we'll get to but hey life is great right now sir life is great well, get right to them. Yeah, I thought you were just going to parlay so, right into it, sir. Um, I the, to we're we're fast forwarding a little bit. We're going to talk about the game, but I was very surprised after Clay hit the three. There was 35 seconds left in the game, and Memphis John Morant literally walks the ball up the court. 
And you heard Van Gundy and Mark Jackson talk about it too, about how, um, why were they not rushing to go for a two for one, which, you know, I'm not saying you got to rush up and put up a bad shot, but. And they generally push the ball too. They, they do. So John Morant walked it up the court, which was a little odd. And so from about 35 to 25, he just didn't do a whole lot. And then they missed a shot. Okay. Well, actually, I think Morant got the shot blocked uh, by Poole or someone. And then, so. Golden State had the ball with about 21 seconds to go. Yeah, this one blew and, me away. And then they don't foul for like for like 11 seconds. Yeah. So you That's walk the ball, you walk it up the court, you're down, you, you miss your two-for-one opportunity, and then you missed fouling for almost 11 seconds. And then when the ball is thrown in after the – because you had a foul to give, then you try to go for a steal on clay, and there's only like six, seven seconds left in the game. So – and again, this is obviously is a coaching call. You would assume Taylor Jenkins was shouting out what they wanted to do. But, man, you, you yeah. wasted roughly 10 seconds of your second-to-last possession, and then you wasted 12 seconds trying to foul when it was – I believe it was like 12 – Golden State had the ball with like 21 seconds to go in the game, and then they ended up shooting free throws that mattered with like four to five seconds to go. Yeah. So it, it was just a very – well, sorry, there was like the shot, and there was like the – out of bounds yeah, tip, right. which how the hell three refs missed that call is mind blowing. But anyways, um, yeah, I I thought Golden State got a little bit lucky because if you're Memphis there, I, I know that they That's were right. maybe looking to touch. foul, try not to foul Steph or Clay for free throws. Now Grant Clay missed both, but when you waste 15 seconds left in yeah. a basketball game where you do have John Moran who's incredible at drawing fouls and Bain who's a good three point shooter and Jaron Jackson like. They actually also had three ball that well. I just thought uh, Memphis made poor coaching decisions for time management there. And when you lose a game by one, Chris, and you, was, uh, in theory, wasted 14 seconds of game time, that, that could have been, you know, maybe there's more time to drop a play or you get an extra possession or whatever yeah. it is. So I think Golden State got a bit lucky there with how the last couple of, well, how the last 30 seconds played out for them in that game, my friend. Yeah, and the fact that we were just talking about this, too, prior to that, right, still near the end of the game, those three shots that Golden State missed, and then finally they did hit a dagger three that really, you know, changed the game a little bit there. Uh, but even, you know, there, there was times where you're like, offensive rebound, miss an open shot, Curry. Offensive rebound, it's like, dang, dude, okay, well, you got to take advantage of this then. And they didn't. Um, they did not take advantage of it. But, yeah, you broke down that last part scenario really well. Um, and you're not going to have probably a be- – you're probably not going to have much of a better night shooting uh, for them anyway, 16 of 40. I think one for 40%. I think they did shoot 45% one of the games um, against my Wolves. But over – and then Bain's going to shoot better, obviously, uh, from three. And you talked about this too, John Morant. It's probably not going to hit four threes, even though four eleven isn't awesome. But for him, four threes is a lot. Sure. And Morant only got to the the line three times. It's crazy, you know. We could talk about he probably's not going to make that many threes, but he's probably not going to only have three free throws in a game. He's probably not going to take thirty one shots to get thirty four, and that kind of plays with the you know the lack of free throws there. Um, but Jackson's not going to have – probably not going to have a better game. He didn't get into foul problems, uh, 33 points, 10 boards, 6 of 9 from 3, got to the line 9 times.
times, too. It kind of doesn't feel like he got there that much, but he sure did. Uh, Clark's always solid off the bench. He killed Minnesota a bunch of times. He's had a hell of a playoff series, man. A hell, or, or a playoff start so far. It's funny, too, because every time we like – before the playoffs, shit, even before this year, last year, because I know he's banged up in the first years of his career, first year of his career, but he always fucking – killed the Timberwolves. Always, dude. So this was no secret to me. I'm like, yeah, I know this fucking guy, you know? I mean, I wanted him, <laughs> I wanted him to, I wanted us to draft him possibly too uh, back then. But yeah, man, you're right. He really is just a difference maker. And sometimes you just scratch your head and be like, why is Tillman starting? Like, I just don't, I still don't get it. I said it all series. Um, he played 13 minutes. Clark played 31 I just don't get that, you know, and it'd be different if, like, he got in a bunch of foul problems, you know, and then you'd be like, well, you'll have Jackson in him in the lineup, and then that would be weird. But I'll tell you what, you know, by by next year, if they don't have Jackson and Clark in the same lineup, I, I don't, if they're going to go with Tillman or even uh, – What's his toe is the big, you know, who's, who's pretty damn good in certain series. He just didn't match up really well with Cat. So, you know, that had to, that had to knock him out there. And he's going to be done for a while now, too. I kind of forgot about that. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, overall, you know, this was the game to have, you know, is Memphis's chance to go up one zip and establish himself in the series. Now, I didn't think. I thought they could push it to game six is what I thought. I thought they, they were capable of that, winning two of their three home games or something like that. Um, or maybe, you know, win it. Well, they're going to have to win one on the road now probably. So um, going into it, you know, that's what I kind of thought. But now that you see this, like I said, Green playing 17 minutes. Um, yeah, it, it's like – Thompson clearly was like a step and a half slow, 6 of 19, 3 of 10, you know. Uh, Curry was good when he had to be. He wasn't phenomenal, obviously. Uh, Poole, you know. Is, is he going to be a free agent pool this year? Side note? Or in two uh, years? I because don't, he's going to make I've some not, money. That guy's yes, making some money. This, and he's, I don't know if he'll be – no, you know, I'm sorry to say this, but I don't see him a Golden State Warrior uh, for much longer. But they do have Peyton as well. Um, either way, long story short, um, it, Memphis let that one slip. I say that they were down by 10 in the fourth. So to say they let it slip all the way, no, but they definitely had chances to win that game, especially when there was three, two offensive rebounds. And three wide open threes missed from Golden State. You're not going to get that again. Um, and then Green. What did you think of the Green stuff, by the way? Did you think his finger got caught in the jersey? Or do you think he was grabbing jerseys? Because he, he would have fouled them pretty hard in the face and then grabbed a jersey. So that's kind of like two separate fouls. Or do you think his finger just got caught in there? Um, because he, he did make a reaction of, oh, my bad. But he also could have been like, oh, shit, my bad. You know, like, I, I, I did it, but I didn't mean it, you know. What were your thoughts there? Obviously, he's a Golden State fan, everyone out there, so he might have some biasness. But overall, we've talked about green enough, um, and I think you're realistic enough. Um, what did you think of that? Because 
it's been a lot of back and forth about that. Like, ah, oh, dude, he didn't even that sh- he shouldn't have been thrown out. Well, what'd you thought of, thoughts on that? Well, and I know that sometimes people can say that Twitter is an evil thing in this world, but for sports, sometimes when like ninety five percent of people on Twitter all are like, um, what? Like, and that was the reaction I saw. There was I I, I was scrolling through it just because I you know I feel like doing that, but yeah. I I I think when again when ninety five percent people on Twitter said you can't toss them out for that I agree and that wasn't all Golden State fans obviously there's everyone on that and it just yeah yeah it, yeah. it, it and I think the and I was talking with my the the basketball coach of my school for the boys today and his thing was it's it's reputation like you know yeah yeah if well deserved by the way <laughs> yeah well and yeah, yeah. He, he he you know but I. I just there's no way I really thought that should have been a flagrant two. A flagrant one, absolutely. Yeah. Like you, you swiped the guy yeah, down across the face a little bit, you kinda had a jersey tuck, but you also held him you you were holding him up too, you weren't like slamming him down the ground. Like I I believe the verbiage I always hear when, you know, they talk about a flagrant two, it's like intent to hurt, like a, a strong they yeah, always yeah. use like such strong adjectives. It's like they use a, a fucking dictionary for this or the source, you know. Like yeah. my, you know, violent intent to cause harm. Well, yeah. I, that that wasn't that that wasn't like a a Rick Mahorn, like you know, or Jordan, like you know that that wasn't yeah. a foul from back in the day. Nobody it was a rough foul, line. sure. Right. Yeah, it was or like a cheap elbow, and like another comment I saw was so Chris Paul kicks a guy in the balls and doesn't get tossed out of a game, yet Draymond's tossed out for that, like. You just had to bring up Chris Paul, didn't you? You well, just had to find a way to bring up. It should be only positive right now. The guy didn't miss a goddamn shot. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a horrendous call. Again, flagger one, sure. But that, that yeah, was not sure, an intent to injure. That's, nowadays, yeah, that was, that's a flagrant all day long. Oh, 100%. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And I will my my kind of last point, and, and I always talk about how I listen to Chris Vernon. He's like the main Memphis guy, and he knows Grizzlies a lot better than me. Do he, I got to keep hearing about this guy now? He, he he said the main issue he has with Golden State, is, well, the, the issue Memphis has is that Golden State does a great job of making the extra pass, and that's where Memphis's defense can really struggle. And I'm not sure if you're going to be able to – I think Memphis is going to have to make a big adjustment because even in the fourth quarter – and I'm not saying it's easy because Golden State does have Curry, Clay, Poole, Wiggins. Like, yeah, got, got a lot of guys that can shoot the three. But the amount of wide-open people under the basket for layups to me was mind-blowing, Chris. Memphis is not like a, a hideous team. Like, they're, I'm not saying their defense is elite, but the amount of times that Golden good. State – when when Golden State would swing the ball around the perimeter, it, it's like literally you had guys cutting to the basket wide open for layups, which you almost never see in the NBA. So I'm not sure if, if it's how aggressive their coach has them close down the threes or if it's how Clay and uh, Steph like make people come out, especially out of pool, but I, it's almost like, and I know obviously can't go into a zone because that'd be stupid they would light you up, but yeah. I've just never seen that many wide open people cut back door for layups, but I guess that is the kind of you know the you got to live by the sword, die by the sword. We're gonna close out on threes like religiously, but when you're giving up open layups, man, it just it surprised me, and I'm bringing it up on the show now because it you literally almost I, I don't recall ever 
seeing wide open, like four people come to the basket with no one on them in, in the span of like 10 minutes. Cause it, it's just, I don't know. I'm not sure. And I, I don't have the X's and O's mind to know what like Taylor Jenkins and Memphis are thinking, but it just really surprised me with how, like, it's like, I, I guess maybe it's the try to shut down Stephen Clay idea and we're willing to give up a layup there, like kind of give up two instead of three. But I'll be curious. It's like to see. it's either way nowadays. You either do what we did and just high wall the shit out of him, take away the lane uh, sure. with Morant or whoever, and then you're going to leave some threes open more than likely, and hopefully mm-hmm. you could make him, you know, throw the ball, you know, have to throw it around a little bit more. But I know what you're saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is kind of a weird, especially when it was a small lineup too. Because now you got how many three-point shooters, you know? So it's kind of a – it's funky, dude. Yeah, it, it, it's – so I'll be curious to see how that plays out. But, uh, hey, yeah, they, they won the game. Draymond will be back. Um, I just hope that there's – I don't know, like I've heard – like he's got like that point total thing. I hope that he doesn't yeah. rack up too many here where he could miss um, a, a, a game later in the playoffs here, which could be important in this series or against, you know, maybe a Phoenix or uh, – Dallas, like I don't want him to tally up too many of these because I don't know how the point total works, but I do know that an accumulation of those can cause you to miss a game, and uh, he's definitely a piece the Warriors uh, need on the court nine out of ten times. Yeah, no doubt about it, and yeah, it's it's getting pretty similar to what happened before the old kicking the balls thing. So he's gotta he's gotta you know he's gotta worry about that. Um, and he, you know, that's part of him though, too. He's got to be able to True. contain himself enough, uh, you know, in that stretch. I know there was that, that interesting stat about, um, players under 22 going for 30. It's the first time in an NBA playoff game that three 30 point scorers were 22 and below. Um, so just to tell you about the, hmm. you know, yeah, it's kind of an interesting stat. I did see um, at Bet Online AG. This was, I think, after Game One. Uh, now the NBA Championship odds plus twenty, plus two seventy five for the Warriors, plus three fifty for Celtics, Suns, Heat, Bucks, Grizzlies, Mavs, and Philly. Philly took a nosedive, obviously, too, for good reason. Um, so yeah, we'll see where that goes. What what are your let, let's make a pick on the series now. Now that they got it at least one one, um, you know for sure. Now I mean, could they beat up two zero? Sure, but we know it's going to be one one for sure now at least. Um, what what do you think? I mean, do you, you know I'm not sure. If, I don't know if they can push a game six now, um, but if they can, it's going to be on the road. <laughs> so that. Either way, five or six is, is what I'm thinking. I I'm right there with you. I, I think Memphis might pull out game two. Like that one. I mean, they they had the second best record in the West this year. That wouldn't be like mind blowing for that to happen. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm leaning. Uh, if if I if I had to bet on a number, I would say six. But I'm with you. I think a, a four to one. My second guess would be four to one series wraps up. And yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna lean lean lean. Uh, sorry, Golden State in six, and if it goes five, it wouldn't shock me either. I think that was a, a tough one for Memphis to, to swallow with how that game had played out for him. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Moving to uh, the defensive throwback game, 101-89. Milwaukee gets the job done without their more than likely people call him the second best player. Uh, obviously, Holiday at times has something to say about that, especially defensively too. But either way, he's a key contributor, and, and he showed that. Um, what was it, game four last year where he went off? But either way, for Milwaukee to be on the road without you know a top tier player and coming into this one defensively, they were very mediocre this year, considering the you know the bar that they set for themselves the last couple of years. I thought, well, it's not that I thought they were very poor for their standards um, heading into this. And you got a, a starting lineup that consists of Matthews in it. Now, Bobby Portis obviously came in and, um, you know, played really, really good uh, like he, he normally does. They did get, you know, some production from Allen off the bench and, and some key key shots and whatnot. But, um, you know, the Celtics struggled offensively. Um, six to eighteen, Tatum Brown four thirteen. I think he started like one of five or something like that, or four or five. Smart. He's a little banged up. All of a sudden, he went three of eleven and one from six from three. Now Horford and Tatum, you know, it's funny. Tatum went four and nine from three, but he was six to eighteen overall. They both kind of had a poor start. Talking about their two stars in general, um, you know, they besides White, they they got those what, two threes from Pritchard or whatever. They didn't get much off the bench. They shot like crap. They turned the ball over 18 to, like, 12 or something like that. Um, you know, they didn't make a living, you know, on the line per se. It's really about as bad as you can start a series, all things considered. You're at home. Look at what you just – you looked pretty damn brilliant in the first series, obviously. And we know how they closed since January, basically, as, you know, on paper the best team in the league as far as from January on or whatever. But um, kind of a nightmarish start. Uh, not kind of, a nightmarish start. Yeah, they didn't get beat by 30 or something, but they got beat soundly at home um, with a more than likely, I don't know if he's coming back or not, but. I was impressed defensively, and I know Lopez has been in and out of the lineup that did uh, play into um, this year defensively too. But when you have Giannis and Lopez and Portis and Holiday, um, they just deed up on him, dude. Like I said, this is kind of a throwback uh, game here. Well, and it was an interesting um, thought process of normally in basketball – the best team, or excuse me, the team who has the best player is normally favored to win the series, normally, in theory. And Giannis is the best player in the series, but they were a, a, a two-to-one underdog, or not two, well, Boston was a two-dollar favorite to win the series. So it was a little surprising. Like, I know Boston's had a better season, but at the end of the, you know, when when you're looking for the best player in the series, which normally leads to the better team, that is Giannis, and I just I'm with you. I I we were talking before the show. I think that this um, the love affair with Boston. I think people are jumping the gun a little bit. I do realize they had a tremendous second half of the season. They had one of the best 
records for a second half of a season for a team under 500 in NBA history. I, I get that. Like you finished on like a 60% winning clip. You were 18 and 21 and finished some remarkable number. But with that said, what is your playoff resume of the past five, six years that shows me you can translate what you in the regular season to the play to the playoff postseason? And now you're playing a team whose playoff resume took a big blow when they got swept by the Heat. And next year they swept the Heat out the playoffs and they got a ring on their finger. So I get that the defense is yeah, getting the Milwaukee credit they deserve. Point. Milwaukee had to, you know, show, hey, what the hell's going yeah. on? Very similar scenario, actually. Yeah, like you, most teams, you got to take that punch. Hell, go, Golden State, I remember why. Speaking uh, of Chris Paul, Chris Paul knocked out Golden State when they first started running the Spurs knocked them out the next year. Like a majority of teams, and God, with the run, with the talent you have, and um, that Anthony, oh good God, that kid is going to be special as hell for the Wolves. That guy's beyond amazing for being twenty years old. Um, but you know, every team normally has to go through their lumps, and yeah. Boston has gone through. But again, I I think the media got a little overhyped, and you played a team. Who, and Vegas, and, and Vegas, yeah, Vegas as well, absolutely, and and podcasts and media and everyone of of, of the. I high, started this, a Boston podcast without even telling you, dude. <laughs> oh, gee, well, I'm not going to show up on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let let's just calm down a bit. And again, you're playing a team that's got a proven record. So how will they bounce back? I mean, if if Boston wins, would surprise me. No, but there's Milwaukee's got that proven playoff. Um, DNA and Boston's still got to get there. And the other, I guess one thing that stands out to me is that, okay, I'll, I'll completely admit Tatum has become a legit scoring threat in the NBA. That dude, he's progressed almost every year. If you look at stats, save your metrics, your eye tests, whatever, that dude has become a legit proven scorer. But when the game is on the line, who else on that team and this kind of gets me where I'm probably going to disagree with people is that people always love, well, you got smart and you got Brown. Neither of those guys, in my opinion, are like a really strong Batman and Robin. Like Tatum is elite. But can Brown and Smart be guys who when it, you need to win a step up and win a series, can either of those guys become elite playmakers offense? And I don't know if they can. And that could be what's going to limit them because if you look at their box scores, Smart 3 of 11, Brown 4 of 13. They combine for 22 points. Tatum's going to need more help than that. So I think that's like you got the defense good, but your grand teams are going to be able to score, and you're not going to be able to quite lock people down like you did entirely in the uh, regular season. So can Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown get the, I would say, the regular season love they always get? Can they turn that into transition and being elite offensive players in the playoffs, which is what they need. I think Tatum can drop 20 to 30 every game in the series, Chris. Yeah. But those two guys got to step up for him, or it's going to be a short series. And I know Al Horford kind of went off on New York, or excuse me, on Brooklyn, but Brooklyn's defense is shit. And I, I, I don't think Horford's going to tee off on Milwaukee. I could be wrong. But uh, Smart and Brown got to step up, or it's it, this series I think is shorter than people are going to think. Yeah, cause Brooklyn, you know, their big situation, obviously, um, is pretty funky there. Defensively, yeah. they're not good, and they don't have any – they didn't have a matchup the whole game for them. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it's I I I would have picked Boston this first game. We didn't have a chance to pick them, but I would have picked them in the first game. There was this ESPN stat going around. Despite having his third worst shooting night of his career, Giannis on twenty um, minimum twenty field goal attempts, uh, he became the first Bucks player in franchise history with multiple playoff triple doubles. Um, so, like I said, he just found a way to do it. And, and adding that, you know, Lopez returned uh, down the stretch of this year, I think in March sometime, because he was out since, like, the one of the early games he was out. And um, their defensive rebounding stats, you know, if you include the playoffs so far and then the regular season, because obviously, you know, um, he didn't play that many games. Um with Brooke, it's 106.8. Without, it's 112.5. Just to put it in reference, uh, 106.8 would be ranked first by any team this season, and it's not all that close. So he is, he's a difference maker as a role player, uh, not trying to make too much out of him um, at this point. But that all adds up, and we talk about improving on, on defense and all that. Um which is something that they had to do before the playoffs started. Um, they definitely, you know, they're definitely doing that, no doubt about it. But well, so what? Are, what are your thoughts here on this series then? Because, like I said, I have to admit, um, without Middleton, I was feeling like this is going to go seven games. Um, but now that it's one zero Milwaukee, and they have a home game game six, I'm starting to start to. Pick that, to be honest with you. I was I was on the fence, but I thought I'd go game seven. But now all of a sudden I'm looking at it going, huh, yeah, I'd say the Bucks in six. It kind of feels that way. All right, well, I don't want to copy you, so I'm going to be a little more, uh, I guess you could say, aggressive. And You're going to go Milwaukee in three? I just say screw it. <laughs> Is that legal? <laughs> okay, Boston we did it last cow. year. I remember I, um, I did it last year. I, okay, I'll go – I'll go Bucks and five. All right, look at you. And you let, really let me just like ask Boston. you, but to, to wrap this up, um, like who who do you think is the right hand? Like who is the Robin for Tatum? Like is it a smart a Brown? Because I mean, I'll say Jalen Brown. That dude gets a lot of love. I'm not saying the guy's a bum, but he's not a top twenty guy. Like who on Boston do you think would be the most pivotal piece to help Tatum? if the Celtics were to win this series? Is it Brown, he needs Selvey's game up a, le- a level, or am I just maybe a little bit of a Celtic hater not realizing that this Jalen Brown player is better than I give him credit for, Chris? Well, obviously Pritchard can close the show. Now, um, <laughs> I I think you're a little down on Brown, but I know what you're saying. Um, Smart is an all-purpose player, but to be relied on um, – Always like that. It, it is. It is kind of funky. Um, but maybe that's a Brown issue. Maybe Smart's a perfect three guy, and I'm not talking about three pointer guy, but th- you know, three guy and, and the best defender. Sure. So maybe it's like, hey, Brown, do be the second guy, so I could be the third guy. You know. So that's what they're gonna have to figure out. I'd say Brown, but to your point, I see where you're going with it because, uh, you know, obviously he can take over games and take over moments and exploit matchups and all that. But uh, really with this whole team, what that comes down to, and like you said, the top tier guys uh, to help out Tatum. Yeah. I think it's Brown, but he's got to, 
He's got to put a stamp on the series to be able to do that because Smart just does so much all-around stuff for you that it's kind of like, do you want him as your second guy when it comes to scoring? Night in and night out, probably not. Don't get me wrong. He can go off, you know, don't, you know, get hot for three and all that. But he just, you know, burns so much energy on the defensive side, too. So we'll see. Um, let's let's push up the pace. We're 36 minutes into this puppy. Um, once you said Aria, I think I just, you know, I, I fell in love with <laughs> Vegas all over again. So we got a little slow start here. Um, let's go Mavericks Suns. Um, like I said earlier, it's really nice knowing that Luca is healthy. Um, we know he missed some gains early in the in that series against Utah, and you never know until they're back on the court how they're going to look. And even in Game One, eh, you know, it looked like a Game One for him—not Game One, but his first game back, Game Four. It looked kind of like, yeah, he came back, but then he just went off and. and, and Dallas and Chet, I mean, not that he didn't play well in that game at all, but I mean, that that the way they closed out that series that game was pretty uh, destructive, let's put it that way. So that's nice knowing that, you know. Um, now on the flip side of that, Devin Booker, um, I would say he's probably going to be pretty good. Um, maybe in the, in the first game or something like that, he, you know, he's, I don't know, it's, it, with a hamstring, sometimes it's going to be just fine. Other times, eh, not so much. Uh, and, you know, had he hit two more threes, he would have been 50% from three. So sometimes it just misses shots. He only had 13 points. I think he was like 5 of 12, 1 from 6. Um, didn't, you know, get a bunch of assists. Just played okay. But, you know, if Ross about that game, were they really depending on him? to be that good because you had Chris Paul going 14 of 14 from the field, 33 points, eight assists, plus 17, um, and eight went off in that game as well. Very efficient, 10 of 12, um, and a good thing he didn't take a three. Um, so I'm feeling like Booker's going to be back, and we're not going to be like, oh, he left, he left the third quarter or something like that. Because I don't know. I don't know. I do think that. I think they would have probably rested up, especially how that game was going. But, well, I suppose they would have to put him in the early part of it. But being up in the series and having a closeout thing, I don't think it was like a a desperation thing to put him in to make sure you close out. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't a game seven yet. Um, I did see, speaking of Twitter, I did see some people talking about like that, like maybe they brought him back too early. With the hamstring, you just never freaking know. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes, you know, it's not like he, you know, ripped it apart where he's going to have to have surgery at the end of the season or something like that. That's a complete different thing. And this would just be, is he going to be full strength? So I think he's good to go. Um, I look for this to be just a an entertaining series. And last year, in the years prior, I would have thought this was just going to be a high-scoring series and because, you know, Dallas didn't play defense. So I thought, ah. Uh, Phoenix will probably win this one, you know, um, maybe five, maybe six. But if it goes to six, I like Luca at home. It'll go seven, you know. Uh, but I thought it'd be all just offense, you know. But now what they did at, you know, 
trade-wise this year and how they just kind of just adding two players in their defensive mind state even before they made that trade obviously they were they were a better defensive team than they had been but it only got better after the Prozingis trade obviously he could barely stay on the court at times or be effective with both of them on the court him and Luca um but now that they're defensively you know well rounded and you know you can look and say well you know are there other players going to step up? Well, the, the the clear one is Brunson. Can he – you know, I, I don't look for him to be able to do what he did last series. Uh, average 27 or 28 yeah, – I'm looking at it right now – 28 points, you know, four assists. I'm not looking like he's going to have to do all that. You know what I mean? That would be pretty intense. Um, he also shot great from the field in general. Um, his two point was pretty solid as well, which obviously closing like that. But you know the Bullocks, the Dinwiddle, the the Finney Smith, like the Powell, like I just like their team a little bit better to make and maybe like it's just a different style of of I guess what I'm saying. Long story short, it's going to be a tad bit more of a a grinded out trade buckets, but tough buckets rather than. 130 to, to 126, not that they can't get to those scores, but I really, I like Dallas to push this series because they can play defense this year. All right, so um, I, I guess I'm seeing a couple of different things. Um, for example, the your biggest, or what? The, the biggest weakness the Suns had against New Orleans was – when um, the Pelicans ran the court, they they killed them in transition. And Monty Williams said after, I didn't believe, game four or three, that was the worst transition defense we've ever played all year. So yeah. that's telling you that the Suns' weakness for last series at least was, the, was that when a team runs on them, that could be a weakness. Okay, fair. The Mavericks are the slowest-paced team yeah. in the NBA. Now – to counter that or to add on to that theory, when Luka was out in the series against the Jazz, the Mavericks had a run-and-gun hit corner threes sure. shot. Luka comes back, the pace slows down immensely. Now, with that being said, Luka is a top 10 player in basketball, arguably, and he, when the ball's in his hands, things are better. But when he comes back, Brunson gets a little, you know, uh, less um, useful. Okay. Yeah. Now, to counter all this, the Jazz were an absolute bloodbath, and that was some of the worst offensive performance that I've ever seen in playoff basketball in my life. Like, the first couple of games in that series, the Jazz in the first quarter of, like, games one, two, and three, were, were averaging almost, like, 19 points a quarter. And you have a lot of guys on the team that can, like, play basketball, apparently. So, I <laughs> guess what I'm trying to wrap around all these points are with all these different chess pieces is I'm not quite sure exactly what to think. Because I think the Mavs, the way they change up their style with Jason Kidd is tremendous. You go from a run-and-gun team with Luka and Porzingis trying to make stuff work to now you have um, a, a great defensive team who plays slow ball. But I don't really know, Chris. Would you get that, that more in the playoffs, too? True. But what I don't know is that were the Mavs a good team or did you beat up a team 
who like literally was a hot mess as the kids would say nowadays. So I don't know if yeah. the Finney Smiths, the Maxi Kleber and the Bertons are going to hit corner threes at a high rate against the Phoenix team, who more likely is the best team left in the playoffs. So yeah, they are. I'd say. Are, are the Mavericks a great team that showcased their skills or did you beat up on a team in the Jazz who are a, a shit show right now, and now you could be knocked out of the series in five or six games? You know, yeah. I, I don't know where the medium is because I don't watch either of these teams play religiously. So I, I do think that there's something to be said for when you're an elite defensive team, you're going to make the Suns work. Um, but I don't know. I don't see like Brunson dropping thirty on the Suns, and I don't see. Those corner threes, because the Jazz's defense was hideous, I don't see the Mavericks getting corner threes that were wide open religiously against the Suns either. So I do think that the Suns have the big advantage in this year just because the Suns are good at defense. And Dallas doesn't really want to run either. And Luka's not going to sit out. You know, like it ain't going to be the Brunson running gun show. So I think all my points all together lean towards the Suns. And I'm going to say – Suns and five, and I could think I, Luca might make me definitely my words, but I'm going to say Suns and five just because I I think that in if they if they do a good job on guarding Luca, can Brunson emerge as an elite scorer again? I don't think that's possible against the Suns team. Now, with all this said, if Devin Booker's hamstring is not quite what it can be, and he's not at his best, right. then I think it's then I think it's game on. But you're assuming. As we make this pick, that Devin Booker is feeling moderately healthy. I think Suns in five. If Booker's banged up, I think it's it would be a coin flip of a series. Yeah, if he doesn't play, I'd say it's a coin flip. Um, like to where it's like I got to rest or whatever. And, and that's another thing about uh, transition defense. If Booker's on the floor, um, that helps a little bit. Not not just him getting back, right? But but him controlling the game more him making shots him making buckets yeah you can run after a, a made bucket we know that but it's not as much if you miss shots you know what I mean so yeah it's kind of interesting that's the one thing that's holding me back a saying five but I, I guess I'd, I'd agree with you as far as how you broke it down and it, it based off Booker that they could I, I think Luca will just they're a better defense team like you said this year now so that helps them, and it also keeps the game closer to, uh, you know, the games in general. So I think you can kind of, whether it's them winning one of the home games, one of their home games, or Luka just going off and there's not much you can do about it, and that's what he, you know, wins a game off of. Can they win a game at home and there's a Luka game in there? It kind of feels like that now. But, uh, you know, Booker comes strong first game tonight. You know, the second game tonight, it's like, damn, yeah, he looks healthy as shit. Yeah, it's going to be five games. So I'm right there with you. By the way, the Jazz, and this is stat muse, the Jazz last four seasons, they had a 63 uh, percentage, 6.633 in the in the regular season, which is second uh, in the NBA over that time frame. And in the playoffs, a 41.4, So, or I'm sorry, 41-4. So, you know, that that's a – I mean, they made it past the first round only one time. And, you know, to go from .633 to point winning percentage, 
4-1-4 in the playoffs and only – with all that talent and the way it looked blended uh, really well a couple of years ago, it, it's really a drop-off. And once again, I want to say Chris Paul, the most consecutive field goals made since 1997 in the playoffs. The dude, he had that one-off game. But if you look at, you know – The crotch kicker? If you look at <laughs> – Two out of his last three games, I mean, they're fucking dynamic, and it's still like, how old is this guy? How is the, how is he able to do this? It, it's pretty crazy. Speaking of Luca, through 15 career playoff games, he's averaging 33 points, nine boards, nine assists, and shooting basically 50 percent uh, from the field. He's one win away, or he finally won a, a, a you know, they finally won a, a playoff series. But, you know, that can get a little funky, uh, you know, because you can't just, all you know, weigh that 100%. I see the argument of slowing down offense and how they're different and all that. But I didn't – I don't know if they were – you know, they weren't favored in those series either. Uh, of course, they were up two zip. So I guess you could say maybe at that time they were. Either way, I'm with you on that one. Let's close it out. Uh, we're right at the 49-minute mark, so this would be perfect. And, you know – how deep can we go into this one as far as an X's and O's? Um, two things stand out. This is uh, Wojo. Uh, Embiid will not be traveling for game one and game two, but there is optimism that he could return as soon as game three or four. He needs to clear the concussion, uh, concussion protocols. And midweek, he's got to you know, figure out that orbitable fracture. Uh, which is no joke. I, you know, I obviously a longtime boxing fan. Um, that's nothing to play with. Uh, so that right there, the earliest he's back is game three, maybe game four. Ouch. Um, but also, let's address Embiid um, being in the game up 29 uh, with – Five minutes left or something like that. And I think Doc was like, well, their guys were in there too. Yeah, because they're trying to win the damn game. <laughs> you know, they're down by a lot of points. Of course, they're starters. It's the last game that they're going to pro- – you know, um, <clears throat> I don't know, man. It's – this one sucks, dude. And, you know, the it started in Beach's career, it was kind of like, damn, dude, if he could stay healthy, wow, you know. And then now, for the most part, he's been pretty damn healthy, uh, especially for a big. Now, within games, sometimes that knee will spark up, and it'll be like, ah, this game's not going to be good for him. You can kind of tell he can't move. But then the very next game, he can feel good, and then he's back to being a beef, you know. That's always been kind of his thing. But the way he affects the game offensively and defensively, it it just – Fucking sucks, man. And like I said, these last three out of four years, the amount you're always going to have injuries, but the amount of star important piece injuries, it's nice to have new teams, and I know that's always the argument, but it also fucking sucks when Booker and Embiid's not going to be able to be there. You know what I mean? And Luca missing those games. Like, those are big fucking deals. And this one, it's hard to see, you know – I think this was going to be a good series. Uh, I was excited about this series, but without Embiid, maybe there's a game where they're moving the ball around so much because they do have Harden, 
and he can just grind it down and get to the line 17 times, and Maxi goes off, and they hit all their threes, and man, they surprised him, and it's 1-1. I know that's possible, but it's pretty freaking tough to pick Philly to win too many games, let alone the series with Embiid, too, but just in general, um, if Embiid's the, the earliest he's back, is game three or game four, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, Harden is not the James Harden of old, and he's clearly going to be the primary ball handler in this game. And I, with with how Spolster does, like the guy's a, a genius. He's arguably the best coach in the playoffs, like this year. You, I, I, I would debate anyone about it. Or he's a top. Two well, now that the Timberwolves are out, yes, I will say he's the. I'm just kidding. Um, and I, I do think that I mean. Everyone, like, talk about Twitter Brigade, like, tore apart Trey Young for having a shit series. And, okay, maybe he was off in the series, but that that was kind of for a reason. Like, Spolstra had a hell of a game plan. Like, Trey Young doesn't just, like, crap the bed for no reason. Like, the dude can score almost religiously. And he put up numbers where he, I believe he almost had like more turnovers than like made shots. Like, dude, Trey Young got torn apart. So if you have a defensive game plan to slow down Trey Young, how uh, that defensive game plan, you're telling me you ain't going to have one for Harden? He's got no Embiid to go to? And what, you're going to, you're, you're going to be expecting a pretty much young kid and Tyrese Maxey to, to go off? I mean, I just think the Heat's defensive team is so good, Chris, especially with Adebayo, who him and Bam would be a great fun matchup to watch. But, we won't get that for a while. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that he won first two games. Then you come back to maybe win, you know, one out of two at home. And I just, I, I think you're digging yourself a big hole. Um, to So let's say Embiid comes back, you're on 2-0. Then you got to win, you got to beat a team four out of five games without having home court. You're asking a hell of a lot, in my opinion. That's a lot that anyway. Occur. Four yeah. out of five even with home court is not easy, right? Yeah, so you'd have to, yeah, you're, oh, yeah, yeah, you'd have to win a three out of five, or four out, yeah, four out of five, and you only get three, I mean, geez, that's, you're, yeah, that's, that's a whole lot of odds stacked up against you, my friend, so I don't think they pull it off. Um, crazy things happen again. And Embiid might have to come back with a damn mask, and that you know you always yeah. have the mat, the first mask game, too, that, well, mm-hmm. they tweaked it, then all of a sudden he's comfortable. I, it just, sure. It's a bummer because I did look forward to – I thought this was an interesting series. I'm not saying, oh, Philly would have won, but but obviously without a bead. I mean, that's the heart and soul of the team. Oh, and Doc's like, oh, well, I, I had no reason to take him out of the game. It's like, oh, my God, dude, you're – like, the game was like, what the hell are you talking about? But that's, that's Doc just being himself. You whatever. could also just put him back with 90 seconds if things got scary. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Same, same, bummer, same, with, same with Jason Kidd. You know, Luca was up. Luca yeah, yeah. was up twenty-two points yeah, in the third quarter. That, yep. You know, well, and, third quarter. Yeah, it was in a. Wait, there were. Wasn't that back to them trying to catch Golden State though? Yeah, but I, I think the, with the, the game, the one, the game they're trying, the 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 score they needed to have happen, I think was out of the possibility. And when like Luca's like in the game with like twenty, they're up twenty five or something. It's like, sure, you know, and that's one that it's not as egregious as is this last one, but yeah, no, 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 agreed, agreed, yeah. But it's still, it's like mm, that sucks. So yeah, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Heat and five. I think you get, they get up two zero. I think maybe Philly gets one at home, and then you close out again, and 
Um, I just think the defensive game plan for Harden, who really has not been great since he came to Philly. He's had a couple of games, but he's not anywhere near his old Houston, even even moments of his Brooklyn self last year. He's if, if he can revert back to being a stud, you know, good luck. But I don't see that. Yeah, because um, during the season, remember, he was on a run there. Um, but then the hamstring, it seems like ever since last year at the end of yeah. the year, right, it's like a mm-hmm. step slow, just a so, step slow. And he wasn't a super fast guy, you know, no, as it no, was. It was skill no. that got him open and all that shit. True. Know, it wasn't him flying by anybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. It was uh, craft. It, it could it could be a, a a three a three years in a row of uh, bucks and heat like best out three winner take all, <laughs> which <laughs> wouldn't be it wouldn't that wouldn't be a bad Eastern Conference Finals at all. But no, no. long ways to go, long ways to go. But it, it, that could could occur three years in a row. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting, and it would definitely build the uh, you know they're one and one right, so it'd be, mm-hmm. it would yeah. build with it, both it with both having sweeps. <laughs> yep. I don't think we. I don't think we get a sweep this year, but you never know. Is Middleton? Because didn't didn't they say it was like three weeks to a month for Middleton? Uh, I remember hearing at least yeah two oh. to three. Yeah, like he he the odds of him playing in the series against the Celtics is like minimal well, to none. So. I'm already thinking about our matchup. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. About. Yeah. So I don't. I don't even know if he could get back by then. Yeah, it'd be. Mm, I don't know. And then it's the whole getting back. Okay, so how is he? You know. Yeah. True. All right. Let's actually let me just update it real quick. Yeah, I don't know. Anytime it's a freaking a sprain in the MCL, you just yeah, that did. Be sure you three. come back from it, but yeah, yeah, dude, you just mm. you don't want to force it. You know, you no. definitely don't want to force it. I mean, you do because of the playoffs, but overall, yeah. All right, man. Why don't you uh, – oh, yeah, right, hey, I got dude. Miami, too. I like for game okay. five, if Embiid came back, maybe game three, could they push it to six? I don't I, I don't know. Yeah, it's tough not to just pick Miami in five or something like that, yeah. Just I wanted mean, to drop one stat on you, um, and, then, right. and then we'll go. Because I, I was going to um, – but for – so speaking of the Bucks and Celtics and about how Tatum's going to be expected to do a lot, the one knock on the Bucks always been they always let teams shoot threes and pack the paint. Well, if you look at Tatum's box score, you did say he was four of nine on threes, Chris, which is true. That's not bad at all. But that meant he was two of nine yeah. anywhere else on the court. Right. So and that even two nine, of nine. Even dude, nine, only nine of those, that's not even probably enough shots in that game, too. But that, that goes to show you that that deep, that, that pack, the pack, the paint mm-hmm. defense. And again, if he, if he ain't going to get anyone else really going off with him, dude, you're, so if you, Tatum can hit threes, but you can't hit enough threes to win a game on your own. So I'll be very curious to see again what will Tatum's shooting percentage be inside the three point line? Because if you're going two of nine and they're going to pack the paint, and you got you know guys like you know Greek Freak and Bobby That's Portis exactly and Lopez, it. I was just about dude. to say that because yeah, uh, the Timberwolves we pack the paint right, but look at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt's a, a undersized power forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. They have fucking three guys, you know, that are, you know, especially two, Lopez and Giannis, but Porter's yeah. too. Like, they're so fucking long, dude. I know. It's just so, just good luck, and they're just lurking there. Just come mm-hmm. on in. Come on mm-hmm. in, dude. The water's nice, you know. Yeah, dude, it's it's tough, dude. It's tough, man. 
really, really tough. Yeah. So just a, a fact to look over, just a trend that Tane's going to need some help. <laughs> hey, when are you coming up, back on Monday? Uh, Monday, I land in Vegas. I land in Texas at uh, 9.30 Monday. Monday so, morning or Monday night? Uh, Monday night, I land at 9.30 p.m. All right, we're going to have to tweak our show then. Okay, we'll, we'll 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 figure something out, but I will well, have. Maybe you could call in during the day before yeah. you go. Oh, I absolutely, yeah, gonna... yeah. I don't I don't leave Vegas until four thirty that day. So yeah, yeah. so that's two thirty. Ah, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So until then, we have some um, great basketball to come. Hopefully, no more injuries or or flagrant twos. Like we <laughs> for the last couple of years, we really have been dinged up with it's just having too so many great matchups and injury, which really goes to show the fact that LeBron stayed healthy for. <laughs> Like literally yeah. every bleeping year, almost going to the finals every freaking year, and literally never getting a serious injury. It's just it's it's mind blowing. And that's that. why what? his body's finally going. All right, dude. dude Can I, I sit out for three weeks? Because I'm hurt here. You know. I just God, that's freaking incredible. Yeah, so, it is. <laughs> on that note, uh, get your housework and yard work done on Thursday. There's no NBA playoffs on Thursday, but pretty much have a game every other night of the week, and we should have hopefully some great series, and hopefully we'll get a game seven in. We've yet to have a game seven in the playoffs. I'm, we didn't pick yeah, any dude, of them three first, out but... of four. Three out of four in the West go tie at 2-2 two, two in not, not one game seven. Weird. And we, we both picked a handful of finishing in game fives, but you never know. You never know. So That's true. Until, until then, the boys are out. Have a good one. Peace.